Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Uh, Mike's over at Mile High working. Actually, I was just over at Mile High today talking to them. We got some really good stuff coming up for you guys once we get together. Sorry about the distractions and everything between my shoulder, my tooth on Friday, and then I'm dealing with web stuff. I don't know if some of you guys know. I, I went and contracted a local internet design, whatever you want to call them, company here. Um, I had been using templates and things for years on the homepage of Sniper's Hide. So with the new revamp, the new form, the new everything, I wanted to give it new pop and do a whole bunch of stuff to it. So back in October, November, I contracted a local company. I figured for once, I'm not going to do the, you know, India, Pakistan template, blah, blah, blah kind of deal. I'm going to go somebody that I can walk in the door, meet face to face and talk to. Okay, I, I get that done. Well, then come around SHOT Show, it's time to upload it and, and all this stuff goes and it's it's been nothing but a nightmare. I can't sit down right now is how I feel. Uh, in so you know that they look at me with this Ren and Stimpied eyes, one big blink, blink, blink. You know, doing that kind of deal. Like, gee, all our other customers love us and think we're the greatest people on the planet. And I'm like, uh, no, this is a problem, man. The the fee and look at the work that's done. So they say, well, wait a minute. What we have on our server is different than what we see. Let's fix this and, you know, we'll make it work. Okay. So today they uploaded it and it's worse. It's it's a nightmare. Um, I'm completely to the side of myself. I'm, I'm recording this late because I'm so distracted with this crap. And if I didn't spend the money that I did, and I, I mean, I took it in the butt. If I didn't spend that money, I would have already threw this thing away and started over. But it's one of these things now where my brain is telling me I have to make it work. And, and it's really, really just breaking my mind. I'm, I'm shot completely over this thing. But uh, a couple things. I talked to Mike. I talked to Adam. And those guys, like I said, I was at Mile High. Let's jump into this. And we were talking about the Kestrel Link in the stuff to, to do this and we want to, I don't want to spill it because it's something I don't feel other people are doing. And Mike is in agreement that we have a great solution for you guys. We're going to talk about this uh, ballistic data without spending the money linking uh, weather flow meters like we spoke about. We did a lot, a lot of talking in the early podcasts about the weather flow meters. And we've been looking at that more. And we've been looking at, you know, where the dollars fall in place. You know, do you go buy an AB Kestrel and spend 700 or so bucks and then do all these other things that are linked together? Or are there other solutions out there? And one of them I, I kind of talk about with the, the uh, downrange systems, the E-Dope card. I got all those in. And it's funny because I'm a window. Or yeah, I'm not a Windows guy. I'm a Windows, D-O-Z-E, um, Windows. So I'm a Mac, right? So I have all Macs here and all that. I use an iPhone, the whole thing. Well, not a lot of stuff is written well for the iPhone. Android's more popular as well. I do have a Windows Surface tablet that I use for certain software because there is a lot of software like Colbor not written for Apple. Okay, so you need these other products. Well, then I have a tablet, a, a Samsung Android tablet, and I have all software on that. So I have my Windows stuff for Cold Bore, 
and there's some AB Kestrel loading things on that as well. Then I have an Android tablet, which has a lot of these same programs on it, just an Android, because there are some slight differences. Then I have my Apple stuff, my iPhone, my Macs, which only run so much, and the Kestrels, you know, Garmin's and Kestrel. I have the Garmin Fortrex, I got the Garmin Bravo Tactic uh, watch, and then I got my Kestrels. I got the 4500 uh, with AB in it, I have the Elite with AB in it, and then I have several other Kestrel models that are just plain old Kestrels. So... We're, we're talking about this and yesterday I go to do the, I was going to do it on the podcast, but I'm going to do it now. I was going to pair my uh, Kestrel Elite 5700, my AB Kestrel to my downrange system dope card. And that's what I'm going to do here. Well, then I come to find out yesterday at like four o'clock, I need a device with an NFC chip. Okay, my, my Android, my Samsung Android is just old in, in, in the way it is. It's a model that does not have NFC. You can do all these jump through hoops and port it from what I'm reading, but it's really a hassle. So I'm like, okay, well, how do, how do I square this circle and how do I make this all come back around correctly? So I run out and I grab myself an Android smartphone and I ended up with a Google Pixel X2 XL, right? So I I, I got a Google, and what I'm gonna do, it, it, and then I downloaded the um the DRS uh thing. It's the eDope card is free, so I have the eDope right here, and it's gonna pull up my um my device, and I'm gonna put this in. So I'm gonna name it uh. Low light rifle one. And let's see what happens here if I can connect this to this e-dope. So I'll have to figure out how the heck this all works. All right. Well, I think this is going to be more complex than... Oh, there we go. Clear, click, save. All right. Enter file name at least one target. Ah, one target. Oh, okay. So I got it. So you, what you do is we're going to go in here and cancel that. All right. So this can be a stage. So you're going to name it. Um, I'll do um, Pawnee Segment for the local match. So I'm naming it Pawnee Segment. I'm going to add a target. And I'll do, you got to add one target. So I'll do uh, target one. I'm going to give it a reference number. And I got that. So now let's see how we load this into. Uh, this I think I'm gonna have to read the instructions on here. It's not so. So here I just made a learning thing. I can't quite connect this uh, immediately without it giving it. So I may have to do all this in the phone and then upload it to the thing so it doesn't link to the Kestrel, it looks like it's linking to your phone and then that's what you're going to view. So instead of writing this down, you're going to put this all in your phone and you're going to have all your information. It's got elevation and windage and I'm going to add that all in and then I can load it that way. So this is basically a viewer for your phone. So what I was 
talking with Mike about is I'm now going to go 100% for shooting off of this Google Android Pixel 2 XL kind of device and use that as a primary means. My main phone, my iPhone, is going into kind of the corner. It'll sit in the car, do whatever the case may be. But then I'm going to use this phone is going to become, and, and it's redundant. I get it. I don't like having to do it. But being where I am and in the business, I got to have all these friggin' gadgets and toys. And it's not something as simple as just going and linking them all together and the data is there. You actually have to do your homework. Speaking of competitions, and I'll change direction, seeing how I'm going to have to go through and read all the instructions on this a little bit more. Like I said, I've been I've been beyond distracted with this website shit and my shoulder bugging the hell out of me and all this stuff. I actually just mounted my damn, like a metal gaming mouse pad onto my chair, on the arm of my chair to bring it down and so to get the pressure off my shoulder a bit because um, using the mouse kind of drives my shoulder a bit nuts. So somebody had asked the question about being a range officer at a competition. And it's super important. I see a ton. I I got a lot of hissing going on. My teeth, man. So it's super important. It's it's I I see calls for like Kansas just had a Kansas Precision Rifle League. I saw a Facebook thing, hey, we need 10 ROs for this weekend. ROing makes a match, okay? As a match director and and doing all this stuff for so many years, I could tell you that it's critical to have ROs. I mean, the attitude in the way the competitors work is one thing. The ROs can change the dynamic completely. You can have the greatest competitors out there. Everybody's getting along. Everything's good. If the ROs are, are kind of spoiling the mix or, or acting in a way that aggravates the competitor, then it, it's it, it's one of those things where the whole thing will go to hell. So what do you need to do as as a competitor? Well, number one, you need to be prepared. You need to you need to volunteer early, as early as you can, because knowing how many ROs you're short or you, you may need come close to crunch time is really important for a match director. How many ROs do I need? Well, the optimal is two range officers per stage. Okay? So I need two guys. Well, you may only get one. You know, then the question is, are you going to incorporate any of the shooters to help the range officer? And I want to talk about that because that's a critical element to determine how that range officer interacts with those competitors. Okay, so two would be optimal. One to spot, one to kind of manage safety a little bit. Like the spotter also does safety in a lot of ways. He brings the guy up. He gets him in position, he prepares him, and then he's going to spot when the guy's shooting. Then your other RO will kind of keep an eye on some of the other people as well. He's writing down the information for the spotter. So spotter sees a hit or miss, tells the next guy, you know, do this, or write this down, whatever the case may be, hit or miss. And it's impact or nothing, right? If they miss, you don't say anything. If they hit, it's, it's an impact. Miss kind of hit and miss confuses people, so you want impact or nothing. Um, so that you have these guys, and and the one guy's looking through the spotter. Okay, so his he's he's got to put his focus to the target, especially with like these six millimeters. Now, if you got an 
800 to 1200 or further target and somebody shooting a six millimeter it's tough to see it depending on the size of the plate and how it moves and if it's painted not painted beat up what the case may be it's not easy to see six millimeter splash when you're not ready for it so my advice to you would be if you plan on being a range officer practice spotting for your buddies try to see what this looks like to understand what you're looking at you can't i mean we had the conditions out here in that 2015 sniper's hide cup rain wind all this stuff we had targets beyond a thousand yards up on that stupid fucking crazy scaffolding where it's blowing and moving and the wind's going and the rain and the ro sitting up on top of there and he's a lightning rod with that spotter vibrating moving it's really really tough and you can get into a pickle with somebody saying no, I hit it. Yes, you didn't. No, you did. Oh, what the, you know, it can go, it can go on into a circle. I'm not signing my card because I hit it. You said I didn't. And a lot of guys know that if they don't, when they come time for the alibi, like the PRS has that alibi system. If I say to you as an RO, I'm not going to sign my name, that gives me that free exit to say, I didn't sign. I don't agree with that score, and now we're going to debate it. And 99% of the time, that RO, or not RO, but that match director is going to give it to the RO. Unless you have somebody that backs you up that says, no, he missed, they're going to give it to him. So it's a game that could be played, you know, so you have to be careful with that. So it's best to have two people. Now, what I would do if you were short is to say the on-deck shooter is going to write the score. Now at tablets, you can just tap it and it becomes easy. He hits it, you tap it, and it's done. When you're kind of having to write in a sheet that might be small, it's difficult to be spotting and writing at the same time. Uh, consider a, a counter. You know, click it when he hits, click it when he hits, click it when he hits, and then when it's over, you can read it, reset it, and write the guy's score down, have him sign it. My clicker says you got five out of six hits. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Sign your name. Move on. But bringing everybody up, you want to try to get your squads up there at once, okay? You're going to be giving a stage brief by your match director. So your stage brief, you want to read it verbatim, okay? Ask if there's any questions. Let them do that you understand the course of fire, then tell them how it's going to work. We're going to have you guys in the staging area. While you're in the staging area, no lasers, no this, no that, whatever those rules are, where you want the rifles to face for safety, bolts up so you can see it, when you'll load and make ready, and when the stage will begin. If there's not a shot timer where there's a beep, you want to tell the people, your time will start on the go command. Your time will start on the gun command. Shooter, you understand the course of fire? Okay, ready? On the go command, your time begins. Shooter, go. Time begins, shoot, shoot, shoot. If it's time's up, you, y'all cease fire, right? Clear, make safe. Check their rifle. Make sure there's not a round in the chamber. Make sure they didn't push forward with the bolt, but not close it, and then pull back. Because remember, this is a big safety thing. Safety's huge. Your job is really safety. The big thing is if they don't close the bolt, 
they won't grab the round. So if they pushed forward in the middle of their time running out and just pull the bolt back, nothing will come out. So visi visibly check the chamber. Then you can move the next guy up. And it's the same question. I want to say this like going back to rifles only days. We did several 24-hour matches, okay? And I shot the first one, and I turned around and then R-rode the next one. When I shot the first 24-hour match where we started like 11 in the morning and finished 11 the next morning, at 11, I left and went and ate. I went to, out to dinner, you know, lunch, whatever. We sat around. Everything was cool. Yay, match is over. We're having fun. When I RO'd it, I went to sleep. That's how much effort you're going to see difference-wise. It's easier to shoot a match than RO a match. I will tell you that up front. Understand something, man, and I, and I want to push this point home for you guys who who heard me rant in the past. Okay? It's hard to RO well. And if you have competitors who are on the savvy side and are working to undermine you because they feel you're a weak... I mean, they're vultures, dude. They see wounded animals out there and they'll pick at your heels. You know what I mean? I've seen it. Don't tell me it don't happen. We know it happens. It, it, there's no question. You got to be a firm and fair RO. 95% of the time, the tie goes to the runner. It, you know, cease fire, boom, a shot breaks, hits the target, give it to him. You know, hey, I hit that target. Well, did he or did he not? You know what I mean? If you don't, don't just cave in. You got to tell people no every once in a while, right? Start that time, get that clock, give them their hits. If you didn't see it hit the target, don't give it to them. And if they cry, say, listen, you could take that up at the end with the match director. If you're firm with them, the word is out that you're a good RO and you're firm. They're not going to mess with you. But if one guy says, hey, man, that one thing, that one target is kind of a little shady and it doesn't move when our six millimeter hits it, just tell the guy you hit it and he'll give it to you. If you're that guy, they'll take advantage of you that way. The other thing, if you got two ROs on a line, do not let a competitor go near the spotter because what they'll do is they'll distract the spotter and they'll and they'll they'll talk to him while he's trying to spot, especially if you're new and you're not quite sure what's going on. Don't let anybody come forward of the staging point to where you're spotting. Keep them back, because you know there's teams now. While they may not, you know they they work together. They're a team, and this is an individual sport in many of these matches. So if I'm shooting. And Mike's my teammate, and he comes up and starts talking and distracting the spotter. And then when I'm done shooting, you're trying to figure out whether what I did. And then Mike says, oh, yeah, he got that one. Oh, yeah, he got two hits right there. No, he got three hits on that target. You're good. And he'll act like your buddy. You know what I mean? He'll be your best buddy and be like, no, nah, dude, you're, you're doing a good job. Hey, thanks a lot. You're doing a good job because they got over on you. Be firm. Be fair. If they fuck up. DQ them for the stage. If it's meant to be a match DQ, you call the guy over. Say, hey, man, that's a match DQ. We got to get the match director over here. But as it stands, you had a safety violation. And they're rare. They're few and far between. You may go an entire match with no DQ. Depends on your stage. You know, some stages are harder than others. Some stages put people in position, compromising positions, 
that they make mistakes, especially if their trigger is too light, you know? So understand that. Think about it from your standpoint. How would you want to be treated and understand that firm is fair, you know, and and you'll be much better off. You are the key to the match. We can always get another competitor. Our rows are a lot harder to come by than competitors are. So if, and and again, I don't remember who asked me the question about ROing. I don't remember if it was on the Podbean app or if it was on Sniper's Hide or if it was on the um, Facebook page. But this was the question he asked, you know, what are the mechanics? What are the ins and outs of being an RO? Now, from a spotting standpoint, back your power down. You'll get less movement, less mirage, less everything. If you have a 40 power, 45 power spotting scope, it should be 25 to 30 power. That's where you want to be with these things to open up the field of view, to steady it up. If you gotta, if you gotta put your pack or whatever on the tripod because the winds are cranking and it's vibrating. If things are moving around because of wind, we've had a lot of wind lately. Put some weight on it. The hooks underneath the tripods hold your packs and stuff on there, but back the power down more. When things are moving, less power is better. Just because you have a 60 power spotting scope does not mean you're going to see better on 60 power. You'll actually see better on a higher power. Or lower, rather. You'll see better on lower power, especially because you want to see around the target. If they miss, if they kank something and they miss and you don't see it just off the edge of the plate, well, look out a little farther. If you see something move out a little farther, it, it's it's like, oh, okay, well, that's where that shot went. It's over here. You know, something moved it four feet to the left. And, and you know, and granted, you may have guys that are hitting, 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 and around goes errant. Bad load, bad bullet, bad twist rate. I mean, I've seen bullets, especially with the six millimeters, man. I've seen bullets come apart before they hit the target. In like 300 yards down towards the target, there's a gray cloud and nothing hits the plate. You know what I mean? I've had it happen. I had it happen at core where I I got hit nine hits the 10th one, they're like, nope, didn't hit. Bullet could have come apart. Well, you know, how did I miss the easiest target of the stage and all that? Well, come to find out, I had some bad reloads in there too. One of them, my first state, my first shot on the second day, it, it was a squib. And somebody else had loaded it. It was Super Kenny. I don't want to say anything, but Super Kenny did it. And, and I had a squib. Because I, I had just gotten the six Creedmoor. There was no rounds for it. GA Precision reloaded them for me. And there was a kind of an iffy box there. And I ended up getting some from the other Gap team, Gap guys. I ended up getting ammo from them just to cover myself. Because there was a couple, sh- you know, bad reloads. And, and so don't kind of beat yourself up on it. Here's the deal. They either hit it or they didn't. If you didn't see it hit, it didn't count. Be firm. Stick to that. So then if you're only by yourself, you can bring somebody up. If you have to write it down and do that, you can let them write it. You tell them what to write or use the clicker counter. If you know you're going to be by yourself, it's easier to click it and then redo it when you're all done if you don't want to bring somebody forward. 
but you can bring somebody forward and have them act as your helper. And because you're spotting and you're saying it, and then you're going to check it after, you know, just all you're basically doing is asking that shooter to write something down for you. The guy's still going to sign off on his score. You're still spotting hits and miss. And, and, and if you know you only said five impacts and there's a score of 10 on there, it's not going to happen because it's too easy to know. Maybe maybe if you got five and he throws six in, okay, you know, he got away with a point. No big deal. But be, you know, be firm. We're talking alpha males here, right? All these guys, all these competitors, we're all freaking big personalities. We're all alpha male guys. You have to step into that shoe and now become an official. You know what I mean? You have to be that guy. So don't be afraid to be that guy. No one's going to dislike you and people will probably like you more because you're fear. Yeah, you can, you know, and when you're waiting, stages are down. Say there's a target down and your stage gets shut down because another target broke. Banter with the guys. Get to know the guys. Talk to the guys. Interact with your shooters. It, it, when, when time permits, make that interaction. It's worth picking their brains. It's worth talking to them. It's worth saying, "Hey, how you gonna? How did you attack that stage? What did you think?" If there's if there's that opportunity, maybe you can't move until a certain time. Like I said, maybe a target went down and you're sitting there. Maybe you're waiting for the go hot in the morning. Whatever the case may be, definitely interact with your shooters. Okay, get to know them. Learn about you know what's going on. Yeah, hey, that's a nice rifle you got there, man. You ready to go? You understand the course of fire? Oh, okay. Hey, John, I, I've heard about you. I, I, I've seen your name on blah. I finally meet you. How you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Frank. I'm your RO. Ready for the course of fire? Yep. Okay, let's go. And, and understand, if there's 60 shooters at a competition, for every minute you waste, that's an hour. You know what I mean? When a match director looks at that, every minute wasted is an hour that the shooters have to wait. So move people through, and then when they're cleaning up and getting ready, you can banter back and forth. But there's no harm in saying, hey, I'm Frank, I'm going to be your RO. You got to do a safety brief. You got to do a stage brief. You make the rules. The rules were passed from the the match director to the range officer. You're passing those rules onto the shooter. So it's important that you you have that kind of command authority, right? That that command presence because it's your stage, it's your segment, and it's your job to make sure that things are run right. I mean, if a target, you know, ask your range officer, hey, if a target breaks and I'm in the middle of shooting, do I have him shoot this twice? Do I just give him a point? What's the what's the um, what's the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not, but what, what's the, uh, ah, God, I'm, I'm suffering here. Like I said, these guys broke my brain, but what, 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 it, what is the, what's my direction when something doesn't go the way it should? If, if a target breaks in the middle, what do I do? If, if this happens, what do I do? If a person doesn't want to sign, what, do, if I have a DQ, who do I call? You know, all these things. Make sure you ask when the RO or when the match director sets you up. You know, there's probably a question out there that another guy has that he's afraid to ask. 
So as long as one of you ask, it'll get answered. But if both of you are looking at each other like, oh, I'm not quite sure what he means, and then you just walk away, well then, guaranteed, that's going to happen to you. You know? So as far as being an RO, understand, you're the, you're the key element in this. Okay? You're the one that is, um, is, is making this match what it is. It's not the prize table. It's not what high-speed competitor showed up. It's the event itself and how those ROs handle themselves during the event. And so that's my my advice to you guys. Um, if you got any more questions on that, throw them on the Podbean app. Throw them on Sniper's Hide. Let me know uh, what you, you want to talk about that way because it, it is important, okay? It, it, it does matter, with, with these events. And there's a lot of events now. You know, we used to have like five a year throughout the country. Now there's 50 a year. So 50 events need range officers, right? They need you guys there. And and if you can and one's local to you and you're not quite sure you're up to snuff, be the RO and you can see what people are doing. You can understand, hey, that's not so hard. I can do that. You know, I mean, heck, I've even let my ROs if they have downtime, because, um, you know, we do our segments, and then after that segment, the shooter can go back. So there may be a gap between, your, you know, your, your 11, 12 o'clock in the morning and your start time at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You may be there for an hour, hour and a half, because all your guys finished quick, and now you're waiting until your next group comes at 1 o'clock. Bring a rifle. I let you guys shoot it. Ask the range, uh, the match director, hey, if I bring my rifle and I have downtime, can I shoot the stage? He'd probably say yes. You know, you can put your rifle in the staging area and say to everybody, stage your rifle next to mine. You know, that kind of stuff. So it just depends. It all matters on the venue. It all matters on the match director. It all matters what the stage looks like. So figure out what what you need to do and, and, you know, be that guy. Be be the dude that does. Okay, so this helped cleared my head quite a bit. I appreciate that, man. Oh, so I gotta tell you guys something. I gotta be kind of quiet here, so don't. It can't be too loud because there, there's there's something going on. Okay, I I mentioned that princess from Venus last week. Well, over the weekend, like this egg looking thing. It's not. It's a more. It's like half rock, half egg appeared in my shower. And it's got all these like whole, it's it's weird, man. It's just not normal. It's light, but it's heavy in the middle. It's really strange. So years ago when I moved out here, I hooked up with a girl. I got I to gotta be quiet here. She ate meat, smoked cigarettes, hung out. We had a good time. Everything's cool. Well, now, now, um, doesn't smoke, is a vegan, runs like 10 miles plus every other day completely different person it's not the same person so i think i got a body snatcher thing going on you know what i mean i think there's a bit of an invasion and i think she put a pot in our um because she's watering this egg right it's in the shower what is this rock doing in the shower it's a rock it's not like we have this like charcoal shower or steam and, and, and there's some sensor holes and stuff i don't know what it is but I'm telling you, I, I got to be quiet because I probably got bionic he- hearing too. You know how it goes. So she's watering this pod in the shower. So if all of a sudden I become like a nice guy and stop swearing, 
something's wrong. Frank's not Frank anymore. So I don't know, man. All I know is that I've been kind of throwing some secrets out with the podcast, and there's there's a, there's a change happening here. I think I think I'm being watched. My eight my implant. I had an implant in my shoulder. It's gone, empty, completely gone now. It used to be there. Come up. Usually comes out in Alaska. Uh, it happened a couple times, but it came out. Mine it came out in Vegas. I don't remember, but I ended up. I was somewhere, and I know I woke up and there was like. This bloody mess on my on the sheet, kind of shoulder, because it blew open and whatever, and 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 so they took it out. And it's funny because the the physical therapy lady mentioned it because there was still a little bit of a lump there and some stuff kind of coming out. And she's like, "Well, it's coming out like of the side, but on the top there's like a scar." She goes, "You got a scar there." I'm like, "I don't have a scar in the middle of my back. Why would I have a scar on my back?" But she's like, "No, you got a scar right here, but." Over here is where it's like the fluid is coming out. And she's like, what's up with that? And I'm like, well, it was an alien implant. And now it's gone. But, you know, it's just draining a little bit. So anyway, I think that like hipping you guys to this Venusian princess chick over in Japan, I think that got me in a little trouble with you know who. The one's above. I'm, I guess I quiet. Anyway, so... Back to our, our regular schedule. I don't I don't want to get too deep because like I, I'm not I'm not alone. There's, there's there's stuff happening out there. Okay, I'm back. So I got the e dope to work. It actually looks really good. So what you're doing is you're manually filling out your your data. Um, it, it, what it is is it's you're you're not using the Kestrel in that you could pull your data off of it, but it's not connecting with any of that stuff. So what the e dope card does. Is you got you got to have Android only NFC, and you have to actually touch this device to your um phone. So with a matchbooklet and things like that, you would fill all this in and then load it, and you would have to you would have to manually do your work and then touch the device to the phone. And actually, I had to. There's a spot on this Pixel that if I put it because it says touch it to the back, but if I bring it up towards the top. It then connects and it, 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 you see it and it has a status and update bar. So it's actually really simple. Um, it's super light. Uh, it can go either orientation, landscape, or um, portrait. And it has switches for that. It could do multiple wind zones. So you can do a plus or minus wind. You're high and low like we talked about. You have to actually prep. So this is going to be the new kind of prep deal where... You'll sit at a stage or you'll have it ahead of time depending on your matchbooklet. You'll say, okay, I'm going to pull this segment up. I'm going to pull this data up, put it into my card, and then run it. It, it does go pretty quick. It's You can just tab in, put all your stuff, target one, target two, target three. Or you could just put one, two, three, and then your elevation windage, elevation windage. And it has room for two windages, which is good because that talks to the air budget that Mike and I mentioned and that Mike was talking about that he used for a wind hole. He knew how wide the target was, his high, his low. You can do that with this DRS card. So it's 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 working here. I got it fired up. Super easy. The app is free. It's called eDope. Downrange Systems is the app. You fill it all in. You touch this little tiny, and this thing weighs nothing. I, I, I could probably run over really quick and weigh it for you guys, but it weighs nothing. And um, matter of fact, I probably will uh, in a second. And... And then it has Velcro back already there and stickers and all that stuff. So you can Velcro it to a board 
or something that you want. It'll go on an arm bar, a Velcro bar, whatever you want. You can have it as an arm bar. And for me, it's actually a pretty good size. I can wear it on my arm bar and have it up by my wrist and, and then look at it. Or you can put it on the rifle or however the heck you want to see it. So um, $120, bucks. It, it's actually it, it's a little pricey when you consider you could just write it in marker when you need it and, and put it on a board. But if you're like me and you like all the Gucci toys and you like all this stuff, and with this new phone, like I said, I'm going to end up going with this becomes a shooting phone. Um, and with all my data, I think this works out pretty darn well. Uh, as well, if you're an instructor or you're doing anything, I can mount this on my tripod and I can say for stages and different stuff, we just talked about ROing stages, this can be my cheat sheet. I can write in all kinds of things here. I can have this mounted up and it could become my cheat sheet. So I can see a lot of uses for this e-dope board and uh, e-dope card. It, it, 120 bucks. it's not cheap, but at the same time, I, I think I can get like multiple uses out of it. Um, just looking at the way it's put together and the simplicity. Uh, like, unfortunately for us Apple guys, you got to go in another direction. You probably can get a, um, a I, like, I had to buy this phone unlocked. And then I actually just, they, they AT&T, because I use AT&T, which go figure, right? My, my network isn't Verizon. And um, so the Google Pixel was really only meant for Verizon. But you can actually get a SIM card in AT and T. You bring it in like it's um, you bring it in to the to the point uh, where it's a bring your own device in. They put their SIM card in it and then they port it for them and 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 they got a number. So I have an active phone, but I've run like my Windows phone for cold bore doesn't have a SIM card in it. And so I just use that by itself. You could do the same thing, but I wanted, I, I activated it because I wanted the Google features to be able to work. I want to be able to talk to Google and, and tell it to do things, take notes. I use Google a lot for uh, work and email and things and talking with Mike. We use Google all the time. So to me, this kind of lets me take my good phone, put it to the side. I'll beat this phone up. And, and then, you know, I can connect it and use it for shooting because there is a lot more stuff for Android than there is for Apple. Just seems everybody builds their devices uh, for Android first and then Apple becomes an afterthought. And like I said, there's really nothing for Apple uh, OS, Mac OS for shooting software. It's all on Windows. And there's more for Android than there is. Um, this also links with Kestrels, the Androids, and so all that stuff. But uh, again, going back to it, we are going to be talking uh, the, the Kestrel links and the different stuff and how uh, we've looked at building you a ballistic system for less money is, I guess, the best way of putting it. So be ready that when I get together with Mike, I, 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 I uh, got a bunch of stuff sent up to him. I, I went up there today, dropped off some mic and some podcasting stuff. So we're going to try to hopefully fix that staticky problem that we ran into. We're going to hardwire at his place as well as here. So we'll have the, the, the whole setup in two different locations and, and that'll work out pretty well for everybody. And, 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 you know, it should sound better from that, that static with these devices. I'll still use the devices mobily, but at the same time, you know, understanding there is some interference with these mobile ones. We're, we're going more hardwired. 
Alrighty, guys. Um, I got to jump back into this this website thing. Uh, uh, there's a lot of work I got to do. Uh, unfortunately, I'm 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 besides myself with it. So I'm gonna get in on that. Apologize for some of the the delay on this. Uh, these guys just have me so distracted. Uh, we definitely I, I've been talking with Mike. Uh, again, we went up today. We got some really good stuff for you guys planned. We we got some unique things. That, that I think you're really going to like. And so we're going to get together. He's got a couple things going on work-wise at Maha. Oh, oh, yeah. here. Oh, dude, you guys got to do this. You got to do this. Are you ready? One more thing. So call up Mike, Adam, or whatever at Mile High, right? right? It, might, it won't work as much with Mike, but he'll appreciate it. But call up and, and like, hey, you know, I like to speak to Mike over, you know, Mike Menchaca. Give me, give me Mike Menchaca, please. And when he answers the phone, he'll be like, this is Mike, Fred Durston. Oh, I, can't, I can't even do him. I can't do an impression of him. I'm laughing too hard. So when he, when you call up Mile High, 303-255-9999, ask for Mike. Or if you got a gunsmith thing, ask for Adam. Adam does his software, whatever. If you ask for one of those guys, as soon as they pick up the phone, it's like, hey, great to talk to you, so-and-so. Got one question for you. You know, it's like you, you want to buy a spur mount, right? So it's like... Hey, I'm going to buy a spur mount. Call up Mike. Call up. Somebody will answer and be like, yeah, I'd like to talk to Mike, please. Yeah. Hey, Mike, this is so-and-so. Listen, you guys on the Everyday Sniper Podcast. Really love your stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Hi, I wanted to call you today about a spur mount. And he's like, yeah, uh, what can I help you with? Well, before I ask you about the spur, I got one question. What's combine? What's combine? I know what a combine is, guys. I know what combine. No, what's a combine? That's our friggin' thing, man. What's a combine? So make sure you ask those guys, what's a combine? Now, he won't hear this for a couple days. So if you do it tomorrow, it'll be really, really cool. So when you call up, ask for Mike, be like, what's a combine? Funny as hell. If you get Randy or somebody, ask them what a combine is. Be like, hey, man, we've been listening to this thing, and they said to give you guys a call. What's a combine? So anyway, that's that's my that's my... I'm sure my everybody at my high will appreciate it though. All the Frank, what are you doing? It'll be funny, but yeah, ask him what a con. I appreciate everybody PMing me and texting me to educate me. Oh, what are you doing, little Fuzz? That's Fuzz down there. Fuzz is saying stuff. He loves the joke. He's a silly little puppy. You love telling stories. So anyway, give him a call. And uh, and drop that nugget for him. It'll be funny as hell, man. He'll really appreciate it. All right, guys, you've been listening to Frank from Sniper's Hide. I'm working on it, man. I'm 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 trying to get it done. We, it's snowing again here. It's snowing today. What is it? April 24th, and it's snowing here in Denver. It's an it's it's terrible out. Uh, I think Steve from Mile High Detachment had a, a law enforcement class today. I don't envy him one bit. I would not want to be standing on the range today teaching a class. And he's out there doing it right now. So that's the dedication of the Mile High Detachment. He's doing an LE class. It's windy. It's cold. It's snowing. It's sleet. It's just awful. And they're out there working. So there you go. You're listening to the Everyday Sniper. And we really appreciate you guys. Thanks.